Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. If I were to give a pro tip, I would just say for women to believe that they can do it and like I just say that go with it. Like whatever you feel like, just take up a project and learn the tech stack around it. It does not take that long. It's time for Women Who Code Conversations, a segment to hear from top technology professionals sitting down with a Women Who Code member to discuss real-world experiences in the industry, what they've learned over the course of their career, and what they think is coming next for tech. Hi, I'm Bhavya. I'm the Blockchain Leadership Fellow at Women Who Code Blockchain. I'm also a product manager for Global Startups. I usually work as an independent contributor for various projects wherein I take up sessions around how to implement digital transformation for various industries. Okay. Hi, Bhavya. Nice to meet you. I'm actually meeting you for the first time. So, you know, really, really nice to meet you. And yeah, hi, everyone. I'm Archana. I work as a data product manager at Women Who Code. And yeah, apart from that, uh, you know, I love cycling. I also love biking. And I've recently started running. So I, I'm, I think I'm sort of like, adopting the <laughs> active lifestyle and yeah that is it about me and uh, yeah I'm based out of Singapore it's a very tiny island here in Asia uh, but it's a very fun place if you folks have a chance to visit you should <laughs> that's great like I'm based out of India and currently I'm like pursuing my master's so even I was planning to move into Singapore yeah great so discuss moving towards the topic for today about education and women in tech we basically would like to discuss about how was your journey throughout college and what made you choose tech first or your study pursuits. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very interesting question, right? I mean, like all of us in tech, I feel like come from different backgrounds <laughs> and hearing you, you've worked with startups, right? And I, I, I come from a very different background. So uh, I say like, uh, I have had like a very non-traditional start for sure. I, uh, I actually took up uh, electrical engineering in my bachelor's. So I, I'm not like a computer science student per se. And I actually, um, so, you know, I, uh, as you know, like we're also from India and I'm also from India and we have like our, uh, we are taught computer science when we are in like our 11th and 12th grade. But uh, when we go into engineering, for example, our exams are purely based out of physics, chemistry and math. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, which have something to do with, uh, you know, um, computer science, but not so much math at least, but physics and chemistry yeah, are in my strong pursuits, I would say. But yeah, I will, uh, and electrical engineering is maybe not so famous uh, in, uh, you know, when you're picking up streams, but in the end, like, if you're not so good at it, you end up getting that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I did electrical engineering for four years and, um, you know, slowly grew the passion for, I guess, working with tech uh, when I like... Uh, and as I said, not a lot of people pick up electrical engineering, especially less, I guess, uh, girls as such. And uh, we had like a, obviously like a dis disproportionate number of boys versus girls. We had like 67 boys in my class alone and like some uh, five girls maybe. So it was like pretty bad, the ratio. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's weird because, you know, we work with circuits and it's not like a lot of heavy lifting or something that involves something that would you know, uh, would be biased towards girls. But at the end of the day, like there was like less people for sure in that. 
and if you if you know anything about power systems <laughs> power systems as such are like uh, you know they use technology that is probably hundreds of years old especially in india you have transformers you have circuit breakers that are easily hundreds of years old and uh, they teach you stuff which is uh, about them which is also pretty old like they use the old technology so you need to know old stuff to maintain them so yeah so that's what the coursework is but uh, data is like pretty revolutionary to power systems so we didn't like uh, like when i was studying uh, we didn't like study data science as such uh we it was like slowly bought up like i bought it up to you know the people that i was working with i realized there was like a lot of data that we collect in power systems and that's how i got introduced to this field so yeah uh, sort of a long introduction i know but i would love to hear your story as well bhavya like you know how did you get into this field and you know get into product management as well that sounds uh, amazing <laughs> yeah so my journey was actually quite different than yours even my parents were like focusing on me going towards ptech since i had taken up like physics chemistry math as my major during school but then again so i had been introduced to coding during very early stages in my life like i started coding when i was in sixth standard uh, our school used to have a lot of competitions around building web pages and websites so i was like very intrigued by it and having the system of my own like i was always on to learning some new technology or the other so the decision was quite clear for me that i wanted to pursue computer science and luckily i studied in a university which was government funded so we had a lot we had more females than males to represent us and computer science as a field i think in india is uh, seeing most of female enrollments right now so that is one great thing i had a lot of inspiration i had a lot of people to look up to I had, of, I had a lot of seniors also guiding me through the entire thing. So it was all in all a great experience. But uh, yeah, my journey has been majorly with studying evolving tech, emerging technologies, and their applications in their business. So being a core techie, I wanted to like move towards more of business side of things because I felt like we constantly were working with technology, but then again, the businesses did not know how to utilize it. Because you look at it, uh, what happens is we have a lot of females in the computer science industry, but they do not enter the corporate workspace somehow. That is a big problem in India that I saw. Most of them end up taking a standard job and leaving it like one year or two years later, which again leads to that gap. So yeah, that was my major journey with college, and I moved on and I'm pursuing my master's in technology and business management to help map through that problem. I want to create a bridge between technology and their business operations so that we can move towards moving technology as a tool and not as the end means to optimize business function. So that has been my major college journey. And yeah, it's amazing like how both of us have had a little different journey coming from the same place. But then again, like tech has been the major driving factor. I love the fact that you're trying to sort of bridge the gap between business and tech. As you rightly said, you know, a lot of uh, women, especially in tech, leave after a certain period of time, maybe because of not enough support or maybe because of personal reasons. And I think we have also seen that uh, at Women Who Code. <laughs> and I think that's like one of our vision is to sort of like even like um, work with people who are who have a certain number of experience, but don't know where to go next, you know, especially in the field like, you know, maybe they started out with learning Python and want to move on to cloud. But they don't know how to do that. And I think that's where tracks like yours, you know, come into place where, you know, people can end up learning different, uh, you know, tech stack as well. 
Yeah, definitely. Like when I joined in as a leadership fellow, one major thing I saw firsthand was that there was a lot of support for people looking to enter back into the industry. Like people who have taken breaks and are looking to recreate the space and like learn again. So that was a great initiative. Yeah. So how has your experience been with the internships around college? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, um, so to be honest, like I started off as most of my background is in electrical and electronics. So I, I did not like fall into computer science internships so easily. And uh, believe it or not, whatever I've literally learned about computer science, I've learned it uh, via like the internet <laughs> and communities. So I always like truly believe in giving back, right? Because, uh, you know, we wouldn't be what we are here today if it wasn't for stuff like open source communities and open source packages, which we are so, you know, using it with so much freedom. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, in my internship, uh, in the start, you know, we used to work with like, uh, for example, Texas Instruments. So, um, if, so I've also built like stuff like inverters. So yeah, it's like, it's very different from where I am today for sure. But I think like uh, the journey has taught me a lot. Um, I mean, for me personally, I relate with tech uh, or I relate with like the field of data science a bit differently now because of my past. Uh, I don't necessarily look at it, look at it like, you know, as a directional learning, like, you know what, if I learned this today, I should be going up in the same manner. What I think about is, okay, if I learn data science today, it's a tool where exactly can I use it? And uh, that's what I exactly did as part of my internships as well. And it helped me get far because, you know, uh, we started clubs in our uh, university as well, where we were collaborating with, uh, you know, uh, other people with other uh, who had who taken, for example, computer science engineering or biotech engineering and sort of sitting down with them and asking them, oh, uh, what did you learn? Can we apply it to my field? And uh, so we came up with like uh, really good projects. Like we worked on, uh, you know, using, uh, actually machine learning, uh, deep learning for understanding power theft in India. So power theft, as you know, is a huge problem. You have like people literally climbing up poles and tapping it. So uh, we were working with something called Smart India Hackathon in which uh, they asked us to take a picture of someone who was climbing up the pole, but we thought there's no, uh, you know, there's no way to verify if the person actually stole power. And so one way to do that is to understand the, uh, you know, the energy readings out of households nearby and then calculate if someone was actually going through it or maybe might go through it. So we actually applied machine learning for that. And this was way back in 20, uh, I think 16 or 17. So yeah, way back. And uh, yeah, so uh, back then when we actually introduced the concept, like people were uh, thinking we were crazy, like uh, it wouldn't work. And <laughs> obviously like, you know, uh, the data is not so freely available. So yeah, um, we started with all of that for first. And, uh, you know, what I would say about um, the major part of college for me, and I would love to also have an idea about what happened to you around that is have advisors, right? Have good mentors along the way. And as you clearly said, you know, <laughs> that there were ample amount in your stream. And it's also about just people believing in you. So just to tell you about it. So I, uh, as I said, I was quite interested in machine learning after that. After I realized we could apply it, I started learning a bit more about it. But as I moved uh, from like my, uh, you know, my first internship, like I was right uh, towards the end of college was someone who just took a leap of faith in, uh, in me <laughs> and gave me an internship in machine learning, even though I had like no background in it. 
and i think like um it, it was partially because of the hackathons and the work that we did but it was also partially because this person sort of believed in us and that made all the difference because i was able to get into a line when it was like right when everyone was else was also getting in <laughs> and learning about deep learning and so yeah i think like um i'm very glad about that i'm glad about finding the right mentors at the right time so what what has your experience been bhavya with mentors as such as you said <laughs> yeah so as you mentioned i think like the best part about tech industry is the community because a uh, community i think is what makes this industry so inclusive and like you have so much exposure to different opportunities given the hackathons or coding competitions even during my college time like i was introduced to blockchain per se through a webinar post which they had a hackathon around the same we took that hackathon and we built a solution around blockchain where we were very nascent about what blockchain exactly is so this was back in my second year in 2019 that's where i decided to write a paper on private blockchain So I basically wrote that paper and circulated in various journals across Indian universities and got rejected everywhere. Then I thought that maybe I should share it where people might better understand private blockchain. So I just started randomly pinging people on LinkedIn and started sharing it. And to uh, I was very lucky that I encountered a professional who was working at Athens Information Technology, and like my paper went through and they called me for an uh, summer fellowship program for like two months. So I went to Greece for a fellowship program. Where that's where I found my mentor. He taught me all about blockchain, made a research around what, how the technology is evolving, will it stay, will it not stay, what are the possibilities in different industries. That's how I got gained my interest in the healthcare space as well. So I think like the mentors have played a huge role in forming my uh, entire career in blockchain again, because that I think that was the starting point. But then again, yeah, hackathon like you mentioned, Smart India hackathon. That's where I implemented my first own solution, and I won that hackathon actually. So our solution was actually taken up by Dubai government to implement uh, electrical medical records forward. So yeah, that has been a great experience. Yeah, definitely. I I can see the learning from that itself, right? And you know, um, I think the best tip to sort of take away here is to keep like you know applying, keep hustling, and making sure that you know you are uh, going in places. I mean, I'm I'm amazed, Bhavya. That's really wonderful. <laughs> I actually read it somewhere that there's a difference between men and women while they're applying for jobs. So men tend to apply for a job even if they meet like twenty percent of the qualifications. But women wait for the they wait till they meet the hundred percent of the qualifications to apply for a job. I think that's where we have been lagging. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you you clearly like you know went ahead and you applied anyway. And I mean, rejections are a part of it, right? Like we, I mean, regardless of who we are, we get rejected. <laughs> I think like we uh, we face rejections on a daily basis. But that's the thing, right? It shouldn't stop us. It shouldn't stop anyone from. applying more and making sure that you know you reach where you want to as you said you know i think like there was a mentor on the cloud track who was uh, holding a session i remember and she also brought this up she said that a lot of people don't apply when they see that okay i haven't reached a certain criteria and she asked a really nice question and i remember because back then uh, uh, the person was uh, my who i was working with like the leadership fellow for the cloud track uh, briana she also brought this up uh, so she said like you know how if you are like already 
fitting in all the criteria for the job description, then what exactly are you learning, right? <laughs> there should be a few things that you aren't fitting. <laughs> so yeah, that's a great takeaway. And uh, you also talked about post-graduation, right? Um, that would have been a journey, right? Like why, uh, like very genuinely asking here, like what made you go towards a post-graduation degree? You talked about the business aspect. Is that what pushed you to it? Yeah, actually, so uh, once I was through with my graduation, I started working as an associate analyst with Deloitte Insight. And what happened was my work was majorly focused on research, coming from a tech background, entering into a consulting domain. I was thoroughly like, I was only doing research. And I did not want that because I knew that I could contribute so much more and there was so much, uh, so many elements of digital transformation that I could bring in. So one major good, like, so one good thing that happened with me was freelancing. I explored freelancing during my undergrad and I started contributing to minor projects. I used to develop websites for startups. I used to make their content management systems. That's where I gained the confidence of transforming the business and taking it online, creating a brand presence for them. So that definitely changed my perspective into how I can leverage tech to create a career of my own. So that's why I wanted to do more. And I was obviously considering two options as to go for an MS in computer science or to go for a management sort of role. But then again, I was unable to find a curriculum that justified tech and management. And I encountered this amazing course that was teaching technology and business management. So I just took a leap with it. Like it was a new college and it was just the second batch that I was going in. But then I, I, again, the curriculum was very interactive and there were industry experts who were teaching it. So that definitely like this, I have been into this program for nine months and it has been a great journey for me. So we have industry experts coming in teaching us and that's where I feel I've gained the confidence to go on the stage as well. Like I was the techie who used to sit with their laptop in a dark room and code all alone. And, but I think when you interact with people from domains like marketing, sales, you gain that confidence to go on the stage and talk tech to people who do not really understand tech. Because tomorrow if I have to go to a professional or a CEO, I could not tell him like my algorithm is running an XG boost or anything like that. I need to tell him what it means, right? So that is one major transition that my master's helped me gain. So how has it been for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, first of all, like really a big applaud to you. I mean, it's been like, I, I'm hearing this and I'm like, wow, that's that's a really well-rounded experience. And, you know, as you clearly mentioned, you know, that's like one of the uh, things that people face is like the next, uh, you know, the masters I pick up or, you know, the next program I pick up, will it be the right one for me? And it's great that you went ahead, you you figured out whether or not it actually fits you before you took the leap because a lot of people are like they just go ahead with it and then they end up going like ah this doesn't fit me or this doesn't really um does sound like me and um i sort of like uh as i said you know i've just been using machine learning as a tool <laughs> in my uh like whatever i do i use machine learning as a tool and um so i applied to like various areas and one area that i was working with uh, was edge computing so edge computing is also applying machine learning or deep learning to microcontrollers uh, or like edge devices. And uh, I got interested in that. Uh, so right after my internship, I was offered a full-time position with the same company. And I worked uh, with them for uh, almost like two years. And so they actually uh, gave a project on edge computing. It was uh, actually pretty neat. We were working with a uh, with a company which had uh, a pharmaceutical company in Dublin 
and they had like you know um, they had like packages going inside their industrial setup and uh, you had to basically count uh, the the pamphlet inside a medicine box and that pamphlet is important it's part of their quality check and um, what the industrial space is actually very small and there's no way to have internet access inside most industrial spaces because they are cut off so uh, what you need to do is actually deploy a model right there and there's ob obviously a time limit given. So, and I think in our case, it was 200 to 300 milliseconds per bottle that is going out. And so we had to uh, scan the bottle and check if there is like a pamphlet available. And that was like the first use case because we actually deployed it on a Raspberry Pi and we used like a neural compute stick, which is a form of accelerator to identify that image. And yeah, um, that sort of like, got me into edge computing <laughs> but i as i said you know i've been thinking about where i can apply it next and uh i wanted to go back to working with the uh, power systems and uh, renewable energy systems so yeah i decided why not do my masters in that and try that out and uh, i actually took up a research program so i i felt like i'm not someone who can uh sit in classes a lot <laughs> i feel like i am someone who does not like uh, you know listening to three hour lectures <laughs> uh, so i took up a research program which only had like four courses so like four courses that had like three credits each i guess and the rest was um, doing a thesis. So it was much more like hands-on and much more working with a professor uh, to figure out like, you know, where the research goes next. So it wasn't like uh, sitting in a class. <laughs> so I guess that's where the question comes in, you know, how do we make sure that the program creators us? Because yeah, I mean, a lot of people end up doing a lot of like uh, famous courses, but then they get into it and realize that's not for them. And that's that's one great step to be taken is that you know who you are before you take up a master's. Because yeah, I mean, in your bachelor's, you're sort of like, you go through it, but in your master's, you you get to like take that decision on your own where to go next. And it, it's like, it's truly for your development. So yeah, <laughs> so that's exactly what I did. Yeah, like, as you said, I think the transition is already happening, at least in the master's curriculum. Like, right now, when you say, most of the colleges are implementing more practitioner-led learning and less of classroom learning. Even here in India, like, we are having colleges who are calling in instructors and as who are industry practitioners, they're calling them in as masters who are taking lectures about how they're actually running a company in day-to-day -day life. So even in my college, like we don't have exams here. What we have is capstone projects. We have to build a startup from scratch. We have to conduct a dropshipping business. So we learn like different elements of things. And then again, as you mentioned at your internship, like you learned the edge computing. So you were not first taught edge computing and then you implemented it. You saw the problem on the ground. You then tried to find a solution for it. And that's how you built it. So that's majorly like what we also do. We try to understand what the problem is, if there are any text like that can solve it, and then we try to fit it to the problem. I think that's one great thing that masters makes you realize that problem is where you need to spend most of your time. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you also sort of understand yourself a bit more. I think that's where like masters come in the, you know, in your own learning and development. I think like you sort sort of start understanding, okay, you know, this is where I'm meant to go versus like uh, i mean we all like i think like in masters especially like uh i i 
I would love to know about yours, but like for mine example, like, you know, in tech masters, uh, the first year I took up courses, which were like extensively like computer vision and ended up almost like, <laughs> you know, uh, getting a really bad grade in it, <laughs> even though like my work involved computer vision after that, but it was like traditional computer vision. So it's like more math intensive, more geometry intensive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I realized I'm not the sort of person that can read that sort of thing I can I couldn't possibly go in like 2d 3d thing like which involves deep learning I probably am good with just deployment and making sure that the system runs well and so I think you end up discovering a bit more about yourselves through masters as well yeah I completely agree like I had almost similar experiences so for my undergrad I had actually taken a BSc in computer science so that's a very thorough uh, curriculum and it's like very full of every tech stack they teach you computer networks, they teach you algorithms, and then you have math as well. So you have partial differential equations. Like it was a struggling point for me, and I passed it somehow. And then again, they're teaching me a lot of things like first normal form, second normal form. I went through it, but that's where I realized that my expertise is more in understanding what the technology can do rather than implementing that technology myself. So I'm more of a person, more I'm more like a person who learns on the go. And I'm more about studying technologies that are just coming up and have not been created as well. Like, I'm more about technologies that have not been studied very well yet. And that's again because, uh, like, you, uh, I'm not sure if you know about the Gartner hype cycle, but I would suggest, like, a technology has a phase. So, the initial phase is when it's driven completely by the opinion of people who are initially starting it. I think that has been my expertise. and. Had I not had my graduation in BSc, I would have never realized that. So yeah, definitely a lot of exploration happens during undergrad. Yeah, definitely. And I can see that uh, sort of like PM thinking you have <laughs> towards yeah. approaching the problem. That's a really nice way to think about it. Uh, but yeah. And uh, in terms of your, you know, college life and especially like postgrad, uh, I just want to know like, how did you uh, supplement it? Did you supplement it with work? Uh, what was your, you know, like, uh, for example, did you have any loans, scholarships? Like, how did you go go about doing your postgrad? Because I guess a lot of people who get into it have those questions as well. Am I financially able to do this? So my mom as well studied from the same university as I did. But then again, she had a very limited resources. Like, but she had like very limited resources to pursue it. And then again, she could not go for her master's because there was a lot, there were a lot of barriers in terms of financial stability then. But now that I see the industry, now there are a lot of scholarships coming in for women, especially in the tech space. And I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship at my master's university. Uh, that supported me, like that supported me greatly to pursue it. And that was a big motivation. Because then again, you see people who are constantly pushing you and they believe in you. That's, that's something you get out of it. Eventually, it's more about the confidence you have in yourself than, than what you implement. And so, yeah, that was a major part. But apart from that, I was already freelancing. And freelancing, I feel, gave me a lot of confidence in terms of my own potential implemented at global projects. Because there, I was not just dealing with... Because there were, I was not just dealing with companies who like, see me as a resource and time my... Uh, companies who see me as a resource and time all of the things I do. But more of what I can contribute in a shorter span. So that was like a great experience. I continued freelancing uh, throughout my master's as well. 
So that helped me transition easily from technology to business again. Wow. that's that's pretty impressive so like just to ask you a bit further so like uh, a lot of people you know um, when they take up masters especially they have like a lot of courses that are going on you obviously like have like three four courses that you have to do a semester maybe and that has like that's carry so many credits and as you said they have so many assignments so you have like so many deadlines that you have to follow through so then how do you like accommodate freelancing with that I think it's again all about the drive. So while I was studying business, there was still a part of me that wanted to continue tech. I did not want to lose touch of it. In fact, I was a product manager handling a global team, and I had a team of seven developers. So I was responsible for scheduling a stand-up call for them, and I used to schedule the call like five a.m. to seven a.m. in the morning because that was the only time slot I had available. So yeah, although my team hated me at the beginning, but they adjusted later. So I think it's all about the drive that you have and how well you can convince your team. It's all about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean the hustle, right? Because you know that yeah. uh, you know. I mean, um, a lot of people also have this sort of misconception, uh, misconception that they think that okay, I mean, if I'm doing a masters, I'm good enough to get a uh, a job at the end of two years. But I think most people don't realize is that um, masters is just like a supplement. It's just like. maybe gives you a bit of an edge and maybe adds a few lines on your resume but at the end of the thing uh, day is like exactly it's your drive it's what you bring to the table it's your experience so i think like that is something that should be continual in nature right and i i'm, I'm pretty impressed by the fact that you kept that going <laughs> yeah so actually i was a very young professional joining in the space like most of the people i have in my cohort have at least 12 to 6 years of working experience I had only worked full time for like nine months, so I was the kind of the youngest. So it was again a challenge because I knew at the end of the placement cycle I would be sitting with people who are much more experienced than I am. But then again, I knew I had a skill set and I need to gain whatever I can from these people. So that has helped me a lot. Again, I connected with my peers. I learned from their experiences. That that is also one thing that motivated me to continue with my freelancing project because I had to compensate for what I had been lacking a number of years. So, and being a young professional, I think it's very essential you take that decision. Where are you in your life? Because people will tell you a lot of things, right? They'll say you're too young. You should go get some experience first to sit at that table. And especially if you are a role senior than them, it's not very well accepted everywhere. So, yeah, that that's a big thing, and that's the great thing with communities. Like, if you look at community, as women before, we did not judge people by age or experience. We completely rely on their talent and skills that they showcase on the platform, and that is true with all communities I've been in actually. So I think that local communities have that in common that they believe in the talent of people and not necessarily their age. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That that's really well put. I feel like yeah, we uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a very different experience when we step into communities. We aren't like judged for that anymore. and uh, you know it's more like what you bring back and um, that's really great so um, how has your your networking been as part of especially like when i think about you about like freelancing projects especially like what has your networking been right like your network must be like obviously community is a part of it uh, but what has your network been to get more like gigs for example So I think communities again have formed ninety percent of my career. If I can give enough credit, I think. So yeah. what happened is, yeah. So basically, what happened was I started freelancing. I saw an ad about Upwork, and I basically signed in. 
and what i started was uh, i just applied for a bid and i uh, like proposed to make a website for 10 dollars so since it was my first project and it was like quite cheap for them they were also completely on board with it so and that project went well i think i uploaded that project on my personal website and that's how i started getting more contacts and then again i was attending webinars i was attending conference sessions and i used to go to google development communities for a different webinars there that's where i started talking to people and then that's when i realized that the industry is really lacking people who can talk tech in general terms because yeah so that's what i focused on i shifted my focus from development to trying to talk blockchain to my mom i started talking blockchain to my mom i tried to explain it to her like in the very core and trust me that that's the most difficult thing of all <laughs> so communities have played a major role i used to go to these communities i used to take speaker sessions for beginners and i used to talk more about how to start with tech because now that the industry is shifting towards everything is shifting towards digital media so there's a lot of demand of tech as well and there are a lot of people willing to learn but as soon as you go online the resources are not so big enough that they are done true so i think that's where communities come in they form a, they help give you a safe zone where you are free to ask any questions you want to and there is everything for people there's this so there is uh, there are different things for different people if you are a beginner if you're someone who's coming from coding wanting to shift to a different tech stack there's something for everyone to gain from communities so yeah my foundation is completely built on communities i i'm want i love to know how is it feel <laughs> yeah for sure i mean like um i have all, uh, like worked in the industry for quite some time i've also worked with like academia so i uh, worked as in like work with research and stuff and uh, when you move from like research to academia like research to industry i'm sorry like there's obviously the shift as well i talked to a lot of my friends who are still like doing research maybe like a phd student and stuff and they often tell me oh look i am learning like uh, python today but tomorrow i'm also going to learn matlab and i'm also going to learn r and <laughs> and i i often times tell them look i mean it's okay you learned python today maybe do a project on it right learn github push it to github put some project up on github and as you said you know start putting things out there and then slowly go on to something else i'm not saying that r and matlab is not used in the industry but it's used uh, far more less right in terms of languages and so it's important to know like what's out there as well you know what is uh, what's happening in the industry as well so i think like uh, that's also a gap that's there and uh, you know i i again like love giving back to the community i'm i love going on like giving talks etc and uh, i'm also building like a open source python package it's called scale down uh, it's primarily meant for edge computing and for edge devices but what we have realized is that there is like a fragmented system that exists uh, especially in terms of frameworks and we're trying to bring it together for edge devices and have like easier ways for people to for example start doing uh, you know tiny ml and uh, all of that comes into play so uh, i feel like whatever i do i just make sure that i am putting something out there i'm putting some content out there so that people can learn from it as you said i think like that is like fundamental to who we are today and uh, especially like what shaped us right yeah and uh, and like one of the uh, things that we do is talk at communities <laughs> that's very important i think like talking at digital communities sort of make you who you are 
maybe give like talks for the first time i know a lot of people get nervous and i think like you will also realize this during your sort of leadership fellow journeys that a lot of people are first time speakers who don't want to go ahead and talk but they are they have a lot to say they have they have a lot of experience and they have a lot to share so i think like uh, i also started off just like that just you know giving talks in these communities and then slowly growing in and uh, i also had a chance to for example uh, land gigs by our like uh, you know women who code as well i mean uh, we had like linkedin as one of our people who were like we were collaborating uh, collaborating with uh, for the cloud track for uh, event and they talked to us about their instructor program and i had a chance to apply for the instructor program and i had a chance to do a course and uh, you know that's also a way in which you can give back you can make sure that you know other people can learn what you have done uh my courses on learning tiny ml but you can like linkedin pretty much host like any course that you want and yeah and uh, via that you can you know give back to the community give back to people as well and uh, that's also a journey and i think like that also like provides a very good um you know um like in terms of financials as well finances as well like i also did a course with udacity when i was part of my masters program and i i mentioned this because i realized like you know uh, people often times think oh i cannot be an instructor i'm just like a student why shall i go ahead and do this and there's like so much to being an instructor you have to almost think about how you learned a concept and i think being a student makes you like closer to it and uh, it's almost like reverse engineering right you think about how you learned it and then you go back from it so like for example in udacity uh, the first thing an instructor does is build a project and then they sort of reverse engineer it okay for this project what do i think the student needs uh, what are the things that the student needs to learn and then that sort of sets the objective for it so i think like uh, things like that come into play wherein like you start like um, and that helped me a lot because that like helped uh, give me the finances <laughs> to get through masters i know like masters is especially like very uh, enduring and like something that people don't immediately jump on to especially when it's like you know um like for example what i did was i went to a different country to take up masters and obviously you have like greater finances around that and what i want to say is that as you talked about hustling as you talked about freelancing i would suggest is that people keep doing that people keep finding projects even the ones that you don't think you might fit like being an instructor or being a product manager you know there's always things out there that you know if you keep trying you will eventually try get <laughs> so yeah and the experiences make you learn so much i mean i learned so much from being an instructor at udacity i mean obviously uh, i took up i took away a lot of uh, you know finances as well and that was great because i could pay off my tuition fee but at the same time you know i learned so much and i could give back to so many people and we get these instructor reports and they tell us the ratings they tell us like who was who took the course and it's it's very like um, you know i think it like completes a certain circle like it, it's like satisfactory you would feel like okay you know i did something great today i learned something great and i was able to give back and i think that is what is super important in life as well yeah yeah i think that that's the best experience one can have like as you mentioned also that although it helps you help with your finances it helps you get towards the financial independence then again it gives you a confidence that okay i have something and i can talk it to other people that that's what makes the difference also like when you give sessions you realize that you might have understood the thing in certain way but is it getting through that that's the most important part Yeah, so that has been a major part for me as well. 
and I, I started giving uh, mentor sessions, I guess sessions for technical communities. I started with teaching uh, students from B-Tech backgrounds. And what I realized was that I was very fortunate enough to have great advisors who could simplify things for me. But then again, there was a perception attached to it once I learned this. So I was very biased in my terms. Like when I, even when I was teaching blockchain, I used to use like very common use jargon, which were not very clear to the learners, right? So it was the feedback that helped me improve further and changed my color. It helped me change how I see things. It helped me change how I talk things. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of difference. And that's how I entered into the Women Who Code space as well. I saw this position open for the leadership fellow. And what I realized was this would give me a platform to communicate better, to learn with people who have experience in the industry and can teach. So this Women Who Code experience basically helped me gain a platform to share my knowledge with people who are willing to enter and who are willing to create an impact further. So yeah, this was a great opportunity for me to establish myself as an opinion leader again. And I think that is a great thing for me right now in this stage of my career because as in I move for a full-time role, that this will help me establish as a young professional even with degree. And I think when as a woman, when you enter with numbers, with confidence, people listen to you. Like this, this is something my professor said to me and it's surprised. Yeah, that's a that's a really good advice, I think. <laughs> that, thank you for sharing that, Bhavya. Uh, and yeah, I think like uh, there's a lot to take away from the fellowship for sure. But I guess in general, like I was also talking to one of the outgoing fellows and one of the tips that, you know, I usually tell uh, folks is that, you know, uh, make sure that uh, the community is something that gives you the positive impact, right? Like, uh, it's like a positivity force, right? You be a part of it, you feel like you're some part of something bigger. And I think like that is something you need to take away from it. Like, you know, you cannot like, there There are a lot of communities out there. I accept like, you know, you can go there, you can do meetups, but being like a leadership fellow and being someone in the community driving it, I think you will, you will definitely get a wonderful feedback. You will learn a lot, but on top of it, you will also like get a definite like feedback. And I think that is something you can carry with you um, even, you know, after this cohort. And as someone was like left like the last, um, yeah, I was a part of like the 2020 cohort. I can definitely say that I still text people on Slack and I still find time and just, you know, get on calls and just talk to people because, and um, I think the, another best part about this, uh, you know, women who code sort of digital communities that you connected to people all across the globe and i <laughs> i think that's like one of the best experiences right like you're talking to sorry, you're talking to me and i'm based out of singapore but i also know that you know we have like people from all across the world so i usually like hold calls with people who are based out of us or based out of germany so ev everyone all across the globe so you know also take advantage of that uh, during this time in this fellowship and you know make connections worldwide <laughs> yeah definitely like even though I just started with my journey I'm like uh, I'm so excited to meet the volunteers as well like all of the volunteers I have are from different states and I have a different perception of things one of them is a lawyer who wants to who has no idea of coding but is so interested in learning blockchain she's very active in the uh, track as well so it is about the experiences you get from these people and it's also about how you get support from your internal community. Like my outgoing leadership fellow is, has been very supportive throughout. So it I think it creates a lasting impact on you as to how to be a leader throughout. Like leadership is not only downwards in the hierarchy, it's also how you impact your peers. 
and I think that is a very important thing as humans, especially because uh, in industries do not accept as well. That's that's honest, to be honest. And there are not a lot of equal opportunities still. Although we are moving towards it, uh, there's still a lot of gaps in those terms. So it is when you when you are able to create that impact within your peers, maybe down, downwards towards the hierarchy, or it can even be upwards in the hierarchy. So I think that is something that stays with people. And that is, yeah, that is something I've gained very initially in Women of World as well. Yeah, and that's like a great note to, I guess, start sort of wrapping up because I know we have like uh, been talking and I, I didn't find, I literally just looked at the time right now. I did not know the time just passed by. And yeah, Bhavya, like I learned so much from you and, you know, even though we didn't meet before, I just felt so comfortable talking to you. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, do you have any tips, like pro tip for women especially finishing college and looking to enter tech like you know so that we can give some tips away we have we have definitely been on this journey and you know people would love to learn more yeah definitely it was very great talking to you as well and if i were to give a pro tip i would just say for women to believe that they can do it and like just take that risk honestly we i think i think as women in tech we always overthink things like should i learn python should i learn r or should I stick to one thing? I I just say like go with it. Like whatever you feel like, just take up a project and learn the tech stack around it. It does not take that long. And once you are done with it, have the confidence to carry it around. Have the confidence to say yes, I built it. Push it on GitHub. I think those re uh, like people reusing your code and the comments that you get gives gives you a lot of confidence again. But the first step to launch your first code, like to push your first code on GitHub again, is a big challenge. The moment like. It takes 20 seconds of insane courage to like cross that barrier and whatever comes out of it, it's, it's always wonderful. Yeah, for sure. I think like open source is a big part of it, but yeah, definitely giving back and also like doing projects out there is important. I think like if I were to give a pro tip and I just want to make sure that I'm somehow like getting all the tips from our conversation as well and I'll just conclude that in <laughs> and so yeah it's like shared tips I would say is that I think like you know look for mentors and uh, make sure you're hustling like you know never stop hustling just because you're going for a degree or something like don't um, don't stop gaining experience try and look outside your you know uh, particular area as well and try and find out various ways in which you can apply that particular tool whatever it might be like whatever you may be learning computer science or whatever you might be learning in tech as well so yeah and that's basically it and yeah thank you again so much Bhavya and uh, I hope you have a wonderful day ahead same here thank you it was great talking to you and yeah this was my first podcast experience so thank you for making it so conversational and safe yeah with that wonderful session I would just motivate everyone to take risks and step out of the comfort zone Try what they want to and join our tracks. We have six tracks blockchain, cloud, mobile, frontend, Python, data science, which continuously bring in digital events and programming support to help you through your learning and career journey. You can even join our tracks as volunteers to support your journey through the leadership career. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. 
You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.